0: morning, everybody. It's very nice to hear Peter Ferris reading the news. I do like Peter Ferris a lot, actually. I like everybody reading the news, but particularly on a Sunday morning when it's been raining over the night and I managed to park the car up. Still loads of people wandering around around here, probably the same way you are. So Bruce Forsyth says his dancing days are over. Much speculation as to who could actually cover... Some Somebody rather jokingly sent me a Twitter saying maybe it could be Vernon Kay. I thought, I do hope not, please. Nigella, going back to America, may turn sour. All the papers talking about the uh, the woman who kept the £50,000 that was in her bank account, and now her life is uh, is ruined. She says everybody would do the same. Sadly, they wouldn't. The last towie, total disasters there. But it's me and you this morning on LBC till 8 o'clock. And then Kay Bur- I've had to buy another present for Kay Burley. This is rapidly turning into a very expensive Sunday gig. What, we're sort of parking the car, putting petrol in and everything else. Now you've got to buy a present for Kay Burley every week. To be honest with you, I'm trying to find things. You know when I mean, they do things for a pound? It's not easy to find things for a pound nowadays. But I want it to look a bit more expensive. Because she's along with Stig Abel. And then, of course, I've got the dilemma. Do I buy for both of them or do I just buy for her? And I'm working on the assumption, I can't I can't afford to buy for both of them. Heavens above, I'm not made of money. So I've got her a little present for today. I'll give you a little, little clue. She, she'll be terribly excited by it, no doubt. Here we go. You'll, you'll know what it is. There you go. The oh, little bunny rabbit. She'll be so excited. I'm going to tell her it costs 10 quid. That's what I'm putting down on the tax return anyway. So yesterday, uh, I don't normally do the Grand National, only because I always think it's the big day of the year. It's £250 million plus, which is uh, which is put uh, down in the bookmakers. But I thought I'd have a go. I thought I'll I'll risk some horses. So at random, literally at random, I picked seven horses yesterday and... I'm, I'm a little bit sceptical about putting on the nose, because I think if it, if it doesn't win, then I'm not going to actually get anything back. Uh, so I do each way. And so I thought I'll do £10 on a couple of them each way, and the other ones I'll do £5 each way. And so I staked £100, which I thought was quite a lot, actually. And yesterday I went out uh, on the tags. A friend of mine phoned me up, as you know if you're following me on Twitter, and he said, Listen, we've been invited to breakfast at London Zoo at 8.30 in the morning. At uh, 8.30 in the m- Are you mad? Eight th- On my day off, 8.30. So 8.30, dutifully, I turned up at London Zoo. There was probably about 20 of us, a lot of children there. And it was we had breakfast in the giraffe house, which is, which is lovely. So the giraffe's looking at us eating bacon rolls, and I'm feeling a bit guilty about the whole thing because they're vegetarian. And, uh, and then afterwards, meeting the pygmy hippos, which was lovely. So we did that, and of course the zoo was deserted. So after we did that... Uh, a friend of mine, because I was wearing shoes. I wear shoes a lot. I don't possess trainers or plimsolls. I've got Vans, but I don't possess any trainers. And he said, "I'm going to take you to Selfridges, and we're going to buy some trainers." I said, well, "How much are trainers?" He said, "About a hundred pounds." I said, a hundred What a pair!" I said, "A hundred pounds." He said, "Well, how much did you pay for those shoes?" I said, "I paid sixty pounds for the shoes." He said, "Well, you need trainers if you're going to go walking and you're going to try and be fit." He said, "You need trainers." So we go to Selfridges, but, well, of course, I'm the oldest person in the trainer department. There is nobody as old as me. You know, poor, sad old creature in the corner. There he is, Steve Allen. And so we look at all the... Well, it's, I've never, have you ever seen the trainer department anywhere? It's just fluorescent pink, fluorescent green, fluorescent orange, fluorescent this. This one's got lights when you stamp on it. This one's got this. This one's got air bubbles in. That's good. And I'm looking at these, and he said, what about these? I said, I'm six... I'm, I'm, I'm 40. I cannot be seen to be wearing these. I don't want to look like mutton dressed as mutton. You know, so we sort of look at all these trainers. In the end, I saw a red pair of trainers, which I quite like. They're Nike. Now, I—I I mean, somebody would would tell me it's Nike or or whatever. I—I I, have got the face, I just know it's a tick, and so I'm assuming they're okay. Nine, ninety-four pound, ninety-four pounds, okay. So I look at the red ones, and I think may, maybe red's a bit too obvious. I don't want people to look at me and think old face, young trainers. You know, I don't want people to feel sorry for me in that way. So I saw them in black, so I tried them on in black. And so the young I mean, barely suppressing a giggle, this young girl, as she brought out trainers, this poor old soul sitting on a bench. All I needed was the walking stick, and I was there. And so I, I tried them on, and a friend of mine said, go on, walk in them. So Of course, I gingerly walked up and down, never having worn trainers before. And, and I bought them. In fact, I got so carried away when I stood there, I bought the red pair as well. So I've now got two pairs of trainers, so I spent £198 on trainers. And I'm wearing them today. Now, the only reason I mention this is because I also bought some dinner plates and I'd forgotten about the Grand National. So it wasn't until I got home that I, I went out to do some other things. I went to do some shopping and then I came back and I thought, well, oh, I'll, I'll have a look at my little slip of paper and see if I've, you know, even if I won one thing, that'll make me feel, feel fairly happy. So I looked at my little bit of paper and surprisingly, Pinot de Ray was on my list. £10 each way. I put down at 20 to 1. So I was very excited. I thought, I've got. So I tweeted immediately, I've got the winner of the national, Pinot de Ray, And if I'd done it days before, I probably could have got a better price. Surprisingly, I looked on my second piece of paper, I had Balthazar King, which came in second at 5 to 1. And I, I, got, I got quite carried away by this time. And so then I was sort of going, going through and I went, I've got double seven. So I got first, second and third on the lottery. And somebody tweeted me and said, you didn't really get first, second. I said, no, I've seriously got first. It's the first time in my entire life that I've literally got first, second and third in national. Admittedly, my my other four horses are still being pushed around, I should imagine. Or they've nodded off. They certainly weren't going anywhere at all. So I got first, second and third on the lottery. Now, whether or not I get, you know, much money back, I don't know. Even if I get, you know, 150 quid back, I've got my original stake and I've made 50 pounds. Because I got uh, uh, Pinot de Rey at 20 to one. The other horse, Double Seven, I got fourteen to one, and Balthazar King, I got it sixteen to one. So I thought I was doing. I thought I was doing okay. I'll get a bit of money back. Makes me happy because somebody said to me, you know, are you going to retire on it? I, thought, I shouldn't think so. You'd be buying another Bentley. Oh, I shouldn't think so. No, but it, it'll sort of pay my my bar bill at Joe Allen's or something like that, which is quite nice, isn't it? So anyway, so that, so that was yesterday. So of course, nothing could wipe the smile off my face yesterday. So I then tweeted. Not only have I got first, I've got second and third. On the national I mean it's God must have been looking down at me or feeling that directing me into the right particular area. I now wish I'd put twenty quid on to win for uh for Pinot de but i didn 't I mean it makes me sound like I know what i 'm talking about. I got no idea at all. I just put the money on it was a forty horse race i was I was just dead lucky, dead lucky to get any money at all, so that made me happy I sort of and then of course, getting up this morning, you know deciding what to buy. Kay Burley for her sort of sort of pre-Easter present. So I was um, I've sort of sorted that one out. And guess what's facing the axe on television? Apart from the fact that poor old Brucey, poor old Brucey, has said he's going to step down. Now, I personally think that they've they've pushed him a little bit into this corner. I think they've said, listen, because he might have gone to me, he's eight. What is he? Eighty six now. And he said, listen, uh, perhaps I can just do two shows a month or something like that. And they said, we really like somebody on a regular basis because he's been doing it for ten years. And he's taken it from nothing. It's absolutely his ideal show. He loves dancing. He loves that... Like that. And to the cameras. He doesn't use an auto cue, as far as I know. Or if he does, he reads it very badly. But that's part of the charm. He's Bruce Forsyth. And I think they've said, listen, why don't you step down? You'll get loads of coverage and we'll give you one or two specials a year. Now, that would suit him. If he, if he gets a chat show and a special with a bit of dancing, playing the piano, that would suit him down to the ground. The problem they've now got is finding a replacement for Bruce Forsyth. I should imagine that every agent in the country is sending in a list of the people they have on their books. I bet Anton Dubeck is, even as we speak, crawling and brown-nosing the director-general of the BBC to make sure he gets the gig. I personally don't want anybody like that. I've, I've suggested various people. You know, Graham Norton came up into the equation, Brian Connolly came into the equation, Alan Titchmarsh... Alan Titchmarsh could do it standing on his head, and he'd be very good... He'd be very good, because he works well with people. That'd be quite a nice thing. And then somebody else said, no, let's have Gemma Collins. And I said, no, let's let's not, because I did watch the last episode of The Only Way is Essex. And you suddenly realise that it's, the, it's not only the bad acting of the programme, it's the foul language that now turns this programme off. And somebody, I think it might be Kevin O'Sullivan, has written a great review of the last one, where, you know, they drag them all out. Now we've actually finally managed to get rid of uh, Arge because he's moving out at the age of 46, and so his mummy... It's the first time we've seen Argy's mummy. I do wish these people wouldn't put themselves on television. They've done themselves no favours. Lydia Dim turned up. What a bore she is. And there's a few other people from Made in Essex. Uh, Chloe Sims, that's the one with the face inside out, isn't now talking to Lauren Poppy, and Lauren Poppy's... Oh, I don't know, just, it's so confusing. Anyway, the other programme that they're thinking of axing from the television, wait for it, this is um, after the audience figures have plummeted to 300,000 is countdown. Now, I think that's a bit of a shame because countdown is part of our religion. It must be a dead cheap programme to make. I think they probably do three or four in a day, if not five. And it's, it's good for what it is. I mean, I, I can't do it. I can't I'm rubbish at crosswords or anything like that. But now they're down to three hundred thousand, they obviously have to evaluate is it worth it and what could we put on in its place? And it's always the, the it's always the big decision for the television companies, what do we put on if we don't put countdown on? And I know that there's probably a number of you listening up and down the country today saying, We like countdown because we play along at home as well. They don't care about that. If you don't figure in their audience research, then they're not bothered with the programme. And you could probably get something else in there cheaper. What? I do not know. I'd like to see just loads of old films. I was talking to my friend Glennis from and Spencer's, and I said, she said, what are you doing today? And I said, I'm going to go... This was yesterday afternoon. I said, I'm going to go home now. I said, I'm going to watch an old-fashioned film. And she said, what would be an old-fashioned film? I said, I don't know. I said, something with Doris Day. It'd blow me down. Blow me down. I turn on the television. There's a Doris Day film on, because she's 90. And we celebrated her birthday this week. Uh, she was the person who opted out of Hollywood, I think back in... 67 and decided that she was going to turn her back on it. She's got a hotel where they look after animals, and she's 90 and she's Doris Day. It doesn't actually get any better than that. And Shane Ritchie and Jesse Wallace are in all the papers today. They want the Albert Square bosses, the EastEnders bosses, to bring back Charlie Slater. This is Soap Stilworth's Derek Martin who played uh, Walford's soft-hearted cabbie for 11 years. He was axed three years ago in a show overhaul. Now, you know I'm campaigning, single-handedly, I'm afraid, to bring back Peter Dean. I want Peter Dean back in the programme. I think we need more of these older, more stable characters. That's what we want. And what a ni- if I was running EastEnders, I'd have Pete Dean back in a flash. I would definitely have uh, Derek. He's 80. But I don't think that matters. I don't think age has got anything to do with it. Listen, in Last of the Summer Wine, they saw fit to put Thora Heard on there, and as she became older, they just didn't have scenes where she moved about. They just sat her on a settee, and she, she played the scene. She was It was nothing the matter with her mind. It was the body that was slowly giving up. So what would be nice is... And somebody said here, the show misses the older characters, and I absolutely agree. That's why I hated it when they axed the bill and they got rid of people who they were saying, oh, no, they're actually too old. They weren't. People have grown up with these people. Do not mistake the fact that somebody has got old for the fact that they're of no longer any interest to the public. So let's have some of these older characters back. You know, they would really thank you. The EastEnders audience would thank you if we got back... If Pete Dean just came back and said, hello, and just touched touch something... Just, you know, just to give him that impetus to get back off. And, and Derek as well. So let's keep our uh, fingers crossed that they might see sense. Quarter past <laughs> Apparently, ten quid each way on the winner at 20 to one will get you £270, says Rick. Yeah. Result. Result. There you go. And the other one, just make a few quid profit. Who cares? It's a profit anyway. Poor old Rosalind. She's, uh, she's quite clearly in some old people's home or something. She says, Susanna Reid replaced Bruce. She'll never work for the BBC again. You quite clearly know nothing about television or the way it works. You work for the BBC, you leave to go to ITV, never work ever again for the BBC. Never work ever again. Look at uh, classic examples, Morecambe and Wise, Michael Parkinson. There's a list as long as your arm. Once you've left the BBC, they cut you off with that. It's like working for the royal family. Once you've left the royal family, you ain't going back and they don't send you a Christmas card. So no chance of her ever doing anything back on the BBC. And she wasn't very popular, actually. She was not a popular person. And now, of course, she's even being lampooned on the hit comedy W1A on the BBC, where they're taking the mickey out of her. So, uh, and the BBC are letting it pass. They think it's it's quite funny as well. Uh, Ian says, they need some fresh young blood on Strictly. Somebody like Lionel Blair. Yeah, I mean, Lionel, he's in in his 80s. He could do it, probably. There's loads of people who could probably replace Bruce. But I can't, off the top of my head, it would be a difficult job. It would be a difficult job. (laughs) Me, me. No, I don't don't know. I'm not really that interested in things like that. I'm really not. (laughs) Uh, 84850. Lynn says, I can't believe how bad the photos of the crowds at Aintree were this week. I thought there was a dress code. Oh, it was Chav City. It was so... it, It couldn't have been anything worse. I mean, people... Not only badly dressed, ugly. Ugly people badly dressed. And there's nothing worse as a combination. I mean, women with, you know, dresses which... They don't suit them at all. They obviously bought them from a catalogue or something. They put them on, totter around on their high heels, have a couple of vodkas and fall over. And they've got tattoos all up there. Oh, ghastly. I mean, I looked at it and I thought, have you looked in the mirror before you've been out there? It was even... It was bad enough seeing Wayne Rooney's wife, Colleen, (laughs) there with the two children. And uh, I looked at Colleen with her chavvy friends and I thought, you know... What does that woman bring to this race? Answer, nothing at all, apart from looking down on everybody. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. Because I think Claire Sweeney would be good on Strictly. She's very good with people on changing rooms. Is she doing changing rooms? I like that uh, for is it called four rooms where they have antique dealers on there who offer prices for things and there was a man selling something the other week it was one of his original pictures and he sold it for 1690 but somebody was prepared to offer he he accepted 1690 but somebody said i would be prepared to have paid 5000 pounds for that i thought god £5,000. Um, I get my trainers at a well-known chain store and don't pay any more than £20 for them, says Margaret. See, the trouble... I think that's, that's the, the difference. I mean, I always think if you're going to buy quality clothes, you're not going to Primark. You're going to be going there because the clothes are cheap and you can buy your entire wardrobe for the summer for 20 quid. You know, and probably get a free flannel thrown in or something. I've been in Primark. The clothes are, are cheap. They're not, of, they're not of the best quality. But it doesn't matter. I think if you're buying something to put on your feet, the one thing... I have to look after as a diabetic, is my feet. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking, I might be wrong, that if I'm spending £98 on a pair of trainers, they're actually going to be quite good. And these are air trainers. Apparently they've got liquid, I don't know what it is. But a friend of mine says, you watch. He said, today, when we go for a walk, you'll notice the difference. So I put them on and and I keep I keep looking down at my feet thinking, I'm wearing trainers, I'm wearing... I don't want anybody to laugh this morning. Dreadful. Uh, John Barron would be good, Steve, as long as it's not Claudia Winkleman. Yes, I mean, I I don't... I mean, Claudia Winkleman's been quite good covering, but I I think she's cover. I think she's she's cover. I'm not sure whether or not she's actually any more than that. I'm not sure. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Another one here. This is from... It's a picture of... uh, Of Michelle Keegan posing with a fluffy bunny. That's all she's going to get nowadays, photo opportunities. That's that one I was talking to you about. That's that one I was talking to you about. Uh, So Michelle is up for her sixth sexiest female gong. And uh, I wonder really, how how she dies is a mystery. I'm assuming her heart stops. That's what what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. But it's only going to be photo opportunities now. There's not going to be, I don't think there's any work on the horizon, I'm afraid. I really uh, don't think that there's going to be anything around there. So, so now we've, we've sort of worked out the fact that uh, they haven't brought anybody older back to EastEnders for a while, but they should do. Um, I was wandering through the papers this morning, and there's all sorts of people. I mean, why Colleen Rooney with her over made up face, quite clearly done by a professional makeup artist, is of any interest to anybody? I've got no idea. And dressing your son up, Kai, with a little bow tie just goes to show how really chavvy it is. The other story, which is covered in an awful lot of, uh, an awful lot of papers, is the moral dilemma by the crook Michaela Hutchins. You know, not, not you know, any interest the fact she's a single mother living at home. I'm not remotely interested in that. I'm interested in the fact that she's a thief and I wouldn't actually touch her with a barge pole. She splurged. But the the story, in a, in a nutshell, is £52,000 was transferred to her account and it was done by mistake. It should have gone to a care home, but she put it in her account. She lied through her teeth, being the crook that she is, and said, um, oh, I thought it was an inheritance. Well... Normally, if it's an inheritance, you get a cheque. They don't just transfer into your bank account, do they? Otherwise, where would they find your bank account details from? So we knew she was a liar from that moment on. And um, she says, I went to buy a pint of milk and found 50 grand in my bank account. I have to ask everybody, what would you do? We'd have been honest, darling. We're not the crook that you are. And so she transferred 40,000 into an offshore account. She gave 1,000 pounds cash to a mother. And she went out with a boyfriend and blew 9,000 pounds, knowing it wasn't her money. And then she's, she's tried to turn it round, and she's been convicted of dishonesty. Uh, for that read, she's a thief. She's a thief. And, and she thinks that we're all going to say, oh, if it happened to you... Well, there might be some people, but 99.9% of this country would be thinking, wait a minute, that's not my money. If I spend it, at some point, they're going to find me. In the case of this little crook, she was found fairly quickly. Uh, She comes from a middle-class background. She's been hounded on social media by those who find her actions morally repugnant. But she's been gratulated by others for looking after number one. These are the people who are probably on benefit fraudsters. These are the people who applaud somebody like that. You know, if you found a million pounds in your back garden, would you hide it in the house and go and spend it? Of course they would, because they're crooks. It's as simple as that. She says, uh, in a tearful interview, because now we're getting the crocodile tears as well, you know you did wrong. You know that you were wrong in taking that money. You knew it wasn't yours. Everybody else that we spoke to last week, with the exception of a few, a few sort of people who aren't quite there in the brain department, to put it politely, would have contacted somebody and given it back immediately. It's as simple as that. She says, I checked my balance and everything changed. I'd never known that amount of money. I didn't know what to do. Who would? Well, you did know what to do with it because you went out and thieved it, love. That's what you did. She says uh, she's had an unfair deal from members of the public who branded her a scrounger. I've never been out of work, she says. Well that's it. I mean I couldn't care less about that. I'm not interested in your in your work situation. I'm not interested in the fact you're a single mother. I couldn't I'm really that doesn't that doesn't come into the equation at all. I am not interested. Not interested. I'm more interested in the fact that nobody in their right mind is ever going to trust you ever again because you're a thief. And the crocodile tears and the and the whining of a 23-year-old, I'm afraid, doesn't do anything to endear yourself to anybody. You know, she's uh, she's had sadly uh, vile comments made about her mixed-race daughter. But, you know, and that's got, you know, that's really is, is when it takes it to a different level. What you shouldn't have done is embarrassed yourself and made you out to be a, this thief that you are. Uh, you've embarrassed your children, you've embarrassed your parents, you've embarrassed everybody. And so to read this account in the paper of your Crocodile Tears, I'm sorry, it does not wash with people. Crime does not pay. It really doesn't. If it takes them five years and they find you, you will pay for it. And you're paying for it now. And now you know. Now you know. Talking of things you now know, I've noticed that there's an exclusive today in the Sunday Mirror. There's so many good stories in the papers. I mean, I promise you, by the end of this programme, you will think to yourself, I don't think I need to buy a paper today. Because Steve Allen has told us everything that is in there. And it's a story with dreary old Sam here who so has finally done the honourable thing and quit the series. You know, before her character became so dull we had to bury her in a motorway bridge because she was so boring. Her and her dreary sister and their ludicrous baby shower with these ridiculous cast of ageing Lotharios. And so the story which she's flogging now, and I only offer advice to Joey Essex because, you know, I mean this from the heart. When you turn up to anything put together by a government and they're using you, we have to ask the question, did you know who these people were, dear? Did you have the faintest idea? Or did they pick you because you can't tell the time? Because it's really great, isn't it? If you're going to go canvassing for votes and you've got a few million people who follow you on Twitter, that they're going to vote for you because you vote Labour or vote Conservative, whatever it happens to be. They're not. You came over as really dumb in this particular one. It's not particularly good. And so she's done a thing because the only thing she's got in her life is to drone on about her relationship with you. And that's about as far as it goes, I'm afraid. I had to choose Joey or Towie. I chose Joey. It'll finish again, love, I promise you. Because nobody wants a dreary like you hanging around. Because all you're doing is you're using him for publicity purposes. I can see it. He probably can't see it. But everybody else sees it. And I don't care. She says there's always someone who's willing to fight as it makes good television. You lose sight of what is real and what's for the cameras. Well, darling, you know, we've always known that you were fake from the moment we saw you. And then we've seen you without makeup. Then we've seen this fake relationship with Joey Essex. We know he's a simpleton. He doesn't know anybody else. He will probably go off with somebody and, uh, and then finally will have seen the back of you. Because, to be brutally frank, you've started believing the fact that you're of interest to the British public. You're not of any interest to the British public at all. You've just used him for publicity purposes because he's more famous than you are. You were the boring one. You were the person who didn't actually have anything going. You've got the little shop with your dreary sister, but she's pregnant with a man she's not even married to. So that's, that's fantastic, isn't it? I just hope the money keeps rolling in for you. I really do. But I've got a, an awful feeling that, uh, you know, it might, it might disappear. It might disappear. Once people realise, as indeed they have realised, when, when you actually decided to quit the series, there was never any sort of big hullabaloo about it. There was a couple of fake tears from Gemma Collins, but I mean, you know, she's fake from the top of her. She's huge. She's even bigger than she was last series. I've begged her to go on a diet, but she quite clearly doesn't want to worry about that. But they were doing this baby shower, and then they were going out for the evening, for the closing party of the show. And uh, she said, I'm going to be wearing sexy underwear. Ooh, scary. Very Almost as scary as Lydia Dim turning up and uh, confronting Arge. Go back to your uh, to your place, dear, which is uh, your, your little shop. Go back to that. Oh, and Chloe Sims is opening a shop as well. It's funny. Open today, close next week. You know, they don't realise, do they? The whole... It's a shame, really. I feel sorry for people living in Brentwood at the moment, which used to be such a nice area, and it's now been taken down quite a few pegs. Uh, Dan says, I say you're slumming it this morning with the Bentley. I was uh, at the Witten Road as you cross London Road at Twickenham Station. Back to the double-decker tomorrow morning. (laughs) Love that. It's like having my own bus that comes in every morning. It's like the Harry Potter bus. (laughs) It sort of just arrives in a... A cloud of mist, which I think is fantastic. Uh, right, coming up after the news, a cup of tea with Lady Edith, that will be four and a half thousand pounds. Is that Lady Edith from Downton Abbey? Oh my goodness! LBC News Time. It's six <laughs> thirty. And with the latest headlines, here's Peter Ferris. Naval ships with high technology equipment on LBC. Very exciting. Uh, somebody said I'll probably get for my winners yesterday, first, second, third in the national, about three hundred and forty pounds. Well, that suits me fine. Thank you very much indeed. That suits me fine. It'll never happen ever again in my lifetime. If I live to be 42, uh, it will never happen again. But I was so glad it happened the other day. It's quite nice when something nice happens to you. Some, something happens and you think, do you know, perhaps there is a God. Sometimes I think that. Sometimes, I do. Sometimes when you're having a, a particularly down moment or you've lost somebody, somebody's died or somebody's become ill, you sort of think, think to yourself, perhaps there isn't a God. You know, sometimes sort of horrible things happen to really, really nice people. And you think, I don't think there's a God. I don't think he's up there at all. And then you get first, second, third on the Nash. You think, well, somebody's got to be looking down on me. I mean, is that just potluck? Is that, is that being a little bit psychic? What is it? The answer is, I don't care, but I'm keeping it, whatever it is, which is very good. Uh, my son in law got two tickets for Strictly, gave them to my daughter, says Peggy. And uh, Bruce was charming, came over and chatted. Didn't use traditional autocube, it had stuff written on A1 card on the floor. He's Listen, he's Bruce Forsyth. I realise, you know, I'm, I'm not stupid enough, you know, not been this long in the business, not to know that everybody has off days, everybody can be a little bit temperamental, everybody can be a little bit unforgiving, and Bruce can be exactly like that. He's been in the business a long time, he's been working since television was black and white, so you can work it out for yourself. He's done his own one-man shows, he's interviewed loads of people, he's danced with Sammy Davis Jr., he's done everything. He is, I suppose, really, together with Bob Monkhouse, the king of the game shows. He would be the sort of person that you would model yourself on because he he took the time and the trouble to learn how the game show worked. And he was good at it and he had lots of success. You know, everything from the Generation game to play your cards right. It was all the way that Bruce did it. And he did it very well indeed. And so when he comes off, I think he'll need to, to keep working. He loves his golf. He's got a big family. He's got a big family. I think he's got something like... Is it six daughters or four daughters? And they've got families as well. So when they all get together, it's all, it's all women in his family. He's got one son, whose name I cannot remember, who must be probably about 16, 17 by now. Uh, <coughs> one of his daughters went into a group called Guys and Dolls, who had some hit singles years ago on the Magnet record label. Um, <coughs> which I think the PR was um, Pete Waterman on Magnet records. Yes, the Pete Waterman. Interesting as that. Uh, Lee... Says, uh, have you seen the new version of the greatest quiz show ever, 15 to 1? It'll last a year. Why? They've changed the set. And as for the presenter, she was bad enough in 73. Sandy Toxic, poor presenter, made the show a joke. Well, you see, I like Sandy Toxic. I've worked with Sandy Toxic, and, uh, and I like her. I think she's, she's very funny at times. I like somebody who's, who's funny and intelligent. If only I had the intelligent bit. William G. Stewart is still alive. Bring him back, says Lee. I don't think he wanted to come back. It's his format, isn't it? I think it's his format. I have seen the M&S adverts I didn't know half the people were the ladies in it I have to be re- really honest and say I really don't know and in fact one of them I didn't know was Doreen Lawrence I don't know what Doreen Lawrence is doing in there for an advert for Marks and Spencers and she's in the the tele ad as well I didn't know why she was there perhaps they, they think she's a, a person to put up the sort of person who would shop at, at Marks and Spencers uh, Jeff says we agree Brian Condit how about Pip Schofield well he's hardly ever working No, they won't use Pip Schofield. It's a BBC programme. They're not going to use somebody who isn't a BBC presenter. It's got to be a BBC presenter or somebody who can work both channels. But Pip Schofield is mainly, I'm afraid, ITV. So I don't think they would be using him any time soon. Sonia in Loughton thinks Pip... No, he's he's ITV. They're not going to put somebody on like that. They're really not. They like BBC... That's why, you know, when poor old Rosalind wrote in from the home... And matron allowed her out for access to the computer. And she suggested poor old Susanna Reed, the one who's about to kill ITV's breakfast stone dead. You have to ask yourself the question, once they've got rid of her, she ain't going back. Put it that way. <laughs> she ain't going back at all. Um, Rick says, did you see the pictures of the Aintree beauties? Most of them wearing tags. It, it, it's, it's, it's quite ghastly up there. I don't know why racing seems to attract people. I haven't quite worked it out at all. <laughs> David Rattigan thinks that Kay Adams to replace Brucey would alleviate some free space on Loose Women. I d- yes, they're, they're, they're supposedly trying to upgrade Loose Women. They brought in Martin Frazel and I don't think he's the right person to do it. He's perfectly capable of, of doing news-based programmes, but I just don't think he knows anything about Loose Women. I don't think he understands what, what the public want. He was news... And I think if you, if you do news on television, then that's what you stick to. People have been in news for a long, long time. I think if you're doing light-ent, and Loose Women is light-ent, you need somebody who's in touch with that. And I think it needs somebody to look at it and go, well, listen, the, the majority of the audience are female. What do they want? Which, which people do you want? And I bet you anything, they wouldn't be wanting Kay Adams. I've just got this feeling. I don't think they, they'd be wanting people like Mylene Class. I think they're looking for people who are sort of in the lower rent scale. Without, you know, with all, all due respect to uh, to Jane MacDonald, it would be somebody like Jane MacDonald. See, I like Carol Vorderman. I could see Carol Vorderman on that all the time because she's just got that that sort of workability with, with the public. Uh, uh, like you, two people I probably detest the most uh, are on TV. I'll have to record Celebrity Juice this Thursday as Katie Hopkins is on. Oh, Katie. Is that the, the woman who says stupid things just for some sort of effect? Oh. Uh. Ghastly old bag. Ghastly old baggage, I'm afraid. It's funny, she always criticises everybody else and then you look at her and you think... But it's only because you've said stupid things that you become... you become interesting. Uh, Helen says, great to hear you on a Sunday morning. Starts the day off nicely. I went to see I Can't Sing Yesterday. So This is the new hit show at the London Palladium. So funny, it was as if Dermot O'Dreary was actually there. Such a good take on. Cheryl, you're like a sister to me. Was hilarious. And the two Irish brothers were even worse than Jedward. Enjoy the rest of your days says hell. Yes, everybody I've spoken to loves it. Uh, Dermot O'Dreary didn't go to the first night. I think because he realised that the show was, was pointing fun at him. Because he, as Louis Walsh said, and I wish I could remember the quote, it was something along the lines of, he thinks he's in touch with people, but in fact he sneers at them. And uh, he thinks that he's, you know, down with the kids and all that kind of thing. Dreadful. Dreadful. Uh, Jackie in Paddock Woods says, uh, Great to have my friends up early. Diane, Vivian, Carrod, Paul and Dan. Getting ready for a horse show today. Weather, I don't know what the weather is. I'll bring you the weather in a moment. Let me just quickly uh, clear up some of these. Um, <laughs> I watch, says Shane, quite a lot of UK television, which means he's obviously not in this country. His surname's O'Connor, so I have a sneaking feeling it could be an island, which I quite like. He says, and after hearing about TOWIE, I decided to take a look at the recent final episode. I don't know who any of these people are, but I can see now why they attract the attention they do. Yes, I mean, they're real people... But the scenarios are given to them to make them look deeply, deeply vile, I'm afraid. (laughs) That's why. And uh, they are. They are. Uh, Scott says, I like Bruce on Strictly Come Dancing. Now a new challenge, a new era for Strictly Come Dancing. I hope not Anton De Beck. Oh, well, Tony Beek. I don't think it'll be Tony Beek. I do hope not, because he's far too smarmy. And that's why you've not seen him. You don't see him presenting other programmes. He doesn't have the likability factor. He has irritant. And if you've got irritant factor on the television... The BBC have to think carefully about this. Why they persevered with the voice, I've got no idea, because that was the biggest pile of rubbish. So when it was announced that uh, soul man Jermaine won the voice, I thought, well, there's another person whose name is going to sink into obscurity. Headlines for today. This is your weather forecast. So pay careful attention, ladies and gentlemen, at 20 to 7. The only reason I don't give you time checks on this programme is because I want it to be like a casino. I I don't really want you to think, oh, it's only ten minutes since he last gave us a time check. So I don't really care about the time. You haven't got anything to do this morning. It's Sunday morning. You can stay in bed. You can have a piece of toast. You have eggy soldiers. If you wanted eggy soldiers this morning, you know, put a bit of salt in your navel. Dip the piece of bread in there. And you can have sort of breakfast in bed. Which actually I always think is, I always think that defeats the object, doesn't it? You have to get out of bed to make the breakfast, to bring it back and eat it in bed. You might as well eat it in the kitchen. So occasional rain or drizzle becoming a bit more persistent later. And cloudy, light rain this morning, drier for a time in the afternoon, and then more general rain spreading in. Just as well I never got the car washed. I'd have been furious. But having won £370 on the National, that's a result. Of that's oh, that's such, a, such a good thing. I think I should give some, some to charity. The Steve Allen charity, I think. Uh, tonight, staying cloudy. Oh, top temperature today, 16 degrees. Double it, add 30. 32, 62, probably about 61 degrees today. And you're going to get that, I'm afraid, Monday morning... You're going to get cloudy, outbreaks of rain, then a bit of brighter. In other words, if I said to you every morning on the weather, it's going to be a mixture of sunshine and showers, that would cover it. But yesterday, I don't know if you noticed, it got quite chilly yesterday afternoon. I was out there and I had a had a jacket on, but it, it got quite chilly. So uh, today, let's uh, let's try and enjoy it as much as we can, shall we? Because uh, that's what you have to do. It's Sunday. It's your it's your day off. Uh, eight four eight five zero. Oh, Stephen LBC dot dot uk and uh, another one here says uh, this is from Mike in Margate see I'd love to live in a seaside resort I'd love to live in a seaside resort that sounds wonderful it says Joey Essex could compare strictly he can't read he can't read he can barely write he can't tell the time I think he should be a politician Uh, somebody says stop having a go at people on benefits people are on them for various reasons yeah bent reasons mainly bent reasons we expose more people on this programme who are thieves than uh, anything else Somebody's uh, written to Kay Burley. I'm reading it myself now. It says, make it clear to Maria that she's a thief and must be sacked. Don't like her, do you? This is Maria Miller. Uh, as anybody said, in the real world, she would have been in court by now. Few options for hosting Strictly, says Jackie. Jimmy Tarbuck, David williams, Oh, no, not David Walliams. No, he's, he's ITV. He's ITV. And uh, no, 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 no to Anton or, God forbid, the Silver Fox. Schofield. No, they would never give it to... Uh, Well, I hope they would never... Paul O'Grady could do it. Julian Clary. I don't know, maybe a bit too camp, Julian. Paul Paul O'Grady could definitely do it. (laughs) And Sue Ann says, well done, Steve. I lost badly. This is on the national. I won. First, second and third, which was very nice. Bruce Forsyth's son is called TJ, says Clive. TJ, right. And another one here. Larry Lamb to to replace Bruce. That's a good one, actually. that will be Larry Lamb. He'll be thrilled. I'll mention it to him later, and uh, Angela Rippon should take over. Well, she's done it before. She's done it before. Do you think Angela Rippon would be right? Could you? I mean, could it be a could it be a woman? Do you think you you, you could have a, a woman doing it? I don't. That's a lovely picture, Pauly. Is that your? Uh, is, that, is that 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 the official one that you put out? My God, you've been airbrushed, haven't you? On that picture there, <laughs> I love looking at people's uh, uh, Facebooks and emails and stuff like that and their Twitter accounts. You look at the picture and you think. Why did you pick that picture? Because it's very difficult, think about it, for you to pick a picture of yourself that, that means you're good. I mean, I, was, I saw somebody the other day and I remember thinking to myself, I bet you're a male model because you're really, really good looking. But are you aware that you're really, really good looking? I mean, I, I don't think I'm particularly good looking. You know, I think I'm I'm passable, you know, for an old codger my age, I think I'm fairly passable, you know. But if if you're really good looking, are you aware of it? And I discovered that people aren't. They always say, oh, no, I've got a, a defect here, I've got a defect there. So I think people should always pick your photos out. And especially on the passport. I've had a few passport pictures. I look at it think, God, that's awful. And on various documents that I've got now, I've got pictures. And I look at some of them I think, that's a good one. I'll use that again. On my Twitter account, I quite like the picture, but it was taken about five years ago. So it doesn't quite mean anything at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Carol Malone is talking today about Baroness Doreen Lawrence. I'll read you this bit uh, in a minute. And, uh, and the other thing is, why, one of the columnists said, do we get so excited about trying to save a girl who was being sent back to Mauritius because she was illegal? She'd overstayed her welcome. They said, anybody else it had been illegal, the country would up in arms saying, get rid of them straight away, because it's a Mauritian girl who's halfway through the, her exams. One of the columnists said, why are you up in arms? She's here illegally. She's not supposed to be here at all. That's why she was sent back. Coming up after the break i better watch out with my new trainers. There's a rise in middle-aged joggers seeing a surge in ankle replacements. The cheery stories on LBC. This is LBC. It's now 6.45. This is LBC. relationship gets ever deeper between myself and Kay Burley. She's now tweeted. Kay Burley comes up with The Breakfast Show with Stig Abel just after the news at 8 o'clock this morning. She says, I wonder what Prezi Steve Allen has bought me today. It would be so embarrassing if he hasn't, as I have one for him. Look. That's her present for today. I was going to give one to Stig, but I've decided not to, actually. I think that's just encouraging him. Because he then said, he sent me a text going, do get a room, you two. Is that an old line? But It always makes me smile, actually. <laughs> uh, Wayne, he says, loving you on a Sunday, although not everybody's on a day off. I'm flying to Florida. He's one of my, uh, one of my air crew fans. Which is uh, quite how nice to fly. My Uh It's quite nice flying off to Florida today, isn't it, Wayne? Or not, actually, because I think Florida's way too hot you been to Florida, Pordy? No. You don't do lying on beaches, do you? I've got this strange feeling that looking at the colour of your skin, you're like me. We're both pale. Pale, but we don't do lying out in sun, do we? We don't do taking our shirts off. Or anything. Yeah, no, no, we don't. Not really. Although I, I can't begin to tell you what he said at the beginning of the show this morning. I shall save that for some for another time when he's not here. <laughs> uh, who else has written to us? Um, another one here. Uh, Dalton. He says, I'm listening to you from... South Africa. I had to do it like that. I'm so sorry. It sounds dreadful because every, I always wanted to go to South Africa. I've never been. I've never been. I always wanted to go and I, I, never, I never quite got round to it. Only because I don't think it's as safe as I want it to be. I will bring you the story about the, uh, the middle-aged jogger seeing a surgeon ankle replacements as if I'm going to go jogging just because I've bought new trainers and I am wearing them today. I, when I first put them on, I couldn't walk. I thought, it turns out, they had paper stuffed in the toes. obviously keep the toes in there. And I bought, because they're, they're, they're not tight, they're a nice fit, but they're, I think they're called air-cushioned. And apparently, when I go out walking today, I'm going to notice a difference. I'm going to notice, you know, my feet are going to be feeling a lot better. Driving the car is a nightmare. Driving the car is a nightmare. I just find it very, very difficult, because I'm not used to driving in trainers. Uh, Baroness Doreen Lawrence, writes Carol Malone, is an incredible woman... Strong, brave and proof the human spirit is indefatigable. But why did she let herself get talked into doing those awful new leading ladies M&S ads? I'm sure Marx's PR people sold it to her on the basis it was all about inspirational women, blah, 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 blah. However, I don't think Doreen was convinced because in every shot she looks embarrassed, uncomfortable... And like she'd rather be anywhere else than lying propped up on her elbow in a grassy field in a jumper even my granny wouldn't wear. Which is what we said before. I didn't know who it was. I I really didn't know. And I began to think, how do they sell it to somebody? Yes, you're an inspirational woman. That's why we want to put you on there. And presumably that's why she's done it. But I didn't know. I had no idea at all. Uh, Air Miles Andy writes Carol Malone. Bless him. He hasn't quite got the hang of the selfie, has he? To his credit, he has followed the Joan Collins, my face first and biggest principle. But while hers sort of worked out, Prince Andrew looks like a dead ringer for Kelvin Mackenzie. I can't imagine either of them would be happy about that. Yes, again, Prince Andrew, more embarrassment, royal family. Nothing you can do about it. He's just an embarrassment, I'm afraid, all round. Not just him, his ex-wife, the two children... Just embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing. And then to Kevin O'Sullivan. And I love reading Kevin O'Sullivan, who writes in The Sunday Mirror. He's not great television. Obviously, his best friend is Matthew Wright. And he puts him on the programme. But writing, he's, he's he's on a par, as far as I'm concerned, with Victor Lewis Smith and a few other people that I've read over the years. I used to enjoy reading Margaret Forward, only because we used to use her on the programme. So... As the sun sets on yet another dazzlingly different series of The Only Ways Essex, poor Pat Argent was distraught. And no wonder the heartbroken mummy's crummy crooner son, Arge was leaving home. He's only 46. Same situation for sobbing matriarch Carol Wright, whose Dullsville daughter, Jessica, was flying the nest at the tender age of 52. Kids, eh? They grow up so fast. Devastated by the parting of her ways, Carol... Quite not a nice person at all, wrote her little girl a semi-literate farewell nursery rhyme. She's not a poet, but she doesn't appear to know it. But great excitement as Jessica and her himbo hanger on -er, Ricky planned their prince and princess party and giant Gemma vowed, I'm definitely wearing sexy underwear. A severe case of too much information. Sadly, the fancy dress Knees Up was no fairy tale, with three of Towie's leading intellectuals showcasing their daunting vocabularies in a withering war of words, which involved the F-word all the way through it. This was Fern and Diag's... Anyway, meanwhile, Chloe Duckface became the latest tango-tan twit to open a rubbish shop. Sam Fahirs unsensationally quit the show, at last, and ludicrous Lydia Bright returned in all her lack of glory. He said, that's all, folks. Until the summer, I simply can wait. He also talks about Nigella Lawson, who was given the easy ride with Michael McIntyre. And uh, it just turned into a, a Saatchi-free zone. He tiptoed around all the things that we wanted to know about. We were so desperate. Now, I understand how chat shows work. I understand that somebody will come in and they say, listen, I don't really want to talk about that. And I always say to them, listen, you have to, I, you have to answer me one of these questions because otherwise it's just, you know, that's what, that's what it is. And I generally talk people around. I generally talk people around, which is which is good. Uh, Denise says, I bet your trainers look good. Well, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they look good. They just look like trainers, I suppose. And uh, I'm listening to you from Galway in Ireland. Here to visit my twin brother, says Sanjay, normally in Croydon. All the way from Galway. Oh, Paulie's there for that one. Yeah, big up Galway. Is, is Galway where the... No, it's not the Giants Causeway, is it Galway? Oh, that's Antrim, is it? County Antrim. I knew you'd know that. Why? Because he's Irish. OK. Uh, you, you could do a dance in your new trainers, says Colin. Um, Richard Madeley. Uh, yes, he could. Richard Madeley could do it. I don't think I, I don't think it's his kind of gig, though. I think he'd be the first person to ad- admit. And uh, and Eddie says you used to wear vans. Have you given up on them? I tried them after you said they were good and I love them. No, I have them and I do wear them for uh, for the summer. Haven't actually got to them at the moment, but I, I do have pairs of vans. I do like them. And Chris says you'll have to get extra socks as trainers give you smelly feet. Do they? Why is that? Because they're fairly tightly. Co- oh, oh dear, oh dear. I might have to start getting some odor eaters or something like that. I don't have smelly feet. I wouldn't want you to understand that my feet are absolutely as perfect as they can be. But uh, but if if I, if I took my Trainers off one day and they say, mind you, if you keep rotating them, they're never going to be that bad. You're supposed to wear a different pair of shoes every day. I've spoken to podiatrists and they've said, wear a different pair of shoes every day. And that's the only way that it, it will work properly, I think. Oh, and I see as well, there's rumours in the in the paper today. I don't know whether it is a rumour or whether it's strong, whether it's, strong, uh, whether it's a, a contender. You remember James Arthur? Yes, we all remember James Arthur. James Arthur was something to do with uh, a singing programme on the television. And he's made some stupid comments. He's a bit thick. He doesn't realise. It's in the sun today. And uh, now he's, uh, he's written a song about blowing people up. And Simon Cowell has fired him over a shocking new song, Glamourising Terrorism. Uh, he will now be booted from Cowell's psycho label, despite recording only one album. Massive fall from Grace. This was after he's had a series of scandals involving sex, drugs and homophobia. And people were all saying, you know, the man's an idiot. And I kept saying, you can't be this stupid. Why would you want to throw away a career? A career now which is dead in the water. Because without the protection of a record label and somebody as big as Simon Cowell, and make no bones about it, he is big. You know, if Psycho take you... I mean, I know how it works. The moment you don't sell an album, it's fine. But unfortunately, when you start kicking the hand that is feeding you and you start writing this stuff, and you come up with some of the drivel that you've come up with, nobody's going to be interested. And now there'll be probably no more concerts, there'll be nothing. There'll be nothing at all, because without the backing of that record label, you're on your own. And you haven't sold enough to actually make any money. And he comes from Middlesbrough. He admitted he used to sleep on park benches. I suspect you're going to be back sleeping on park benches. It's another, It's another kick in the teeth for the boy who just couldn't grow up and wasn't bright enough to grow up, I'm afraid. And uh, it all started in 2012, uh, when he had a feud with Matt Cardle. Then he got tattoos of King Arthur on his hat, and so it went on. I and mean, he was just a bit of a silly person, thinking that he was very clever. Unfortunately, he's not very clever. So, according to the paper, he has been dropped. He has been dropped. We'll wait and see. Uh, Richard and, Shellen, uh, Richard, and Shellen, Richard and Helen are up in Sheffield, getting ready for doing the Sheffield half Marathon said with your new red trainers, will we be seeing you running soon? I don't know. I'm not too sure. See, I like the red trainers. They're not bright, bright red. They're sort of more, more sort of traffic light kind of red. They're very smart, and I, and I, I don't think I look I look that stupid in them. But I'm not wearing them any time soon. So I've worn the, the black ones for today. <laughs> That's the way it works. I'm afraid. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC dot uk. Poor old Polly says she tried to say hello to beached whale Gemma Collins, who ignored me. Yes, I can imagine she probably would. You see, I, I had a scenario the other day, and I thought to myself, I would actually quite like to say to Gemma Collins, please lose some weight. You know, I mean, I'm not being rude. I'm not being, you know, in any way, shape or form, somebody who, <coughs> you know, is sort of sort of doing her down. But I just think that when you are the size of two beach huts, you need to really get there, lose the weight. You know, she has tried it, but I, I get the feeling it's sort of like, you know, just not really doing... She's doing it for the TV programme. She's not really doing it for herself, which she should do. Because very shortly, there won't be anything she can wear at all. She'll have to go to Millets and start buying tents to put in. Because, she, you know, she just isn't going to be, you know, able to wear glamorous clothing. And she's not doing herself any favour. Her face is getting fatter and fatter. Mind you, talking of somebody who's a bit drippy, Louisa Zisman. It's a bit difficult to know whether or not she's serious or whether or not she is the idiot. I think she is. She's been snapped with her new boyfriend, worth £40 million. He's, a, he's an Irishman. He 's called Andrew Collins. Uh, must be the Irish vote this morning on the program he 's one of the richest men in Ireland oh i don 't think so. I know somebody who 's got far more than forty million who 's from Ireland. Forty himself has got a little bit tucked away in the bank. I think that 's what he told me. Anyway, uh, they say he, he says uh, he sells his insurance broker website. Oh, I know people in racing who are worth far more than forty million <laughs> wouldn 't get out of bed for forty million. Uh, other stories which were in the paper that, "Oh, we found another girl who 's been bedding boxing stars it 's always intriguing to me, every week, that we can manage to find somebody who still proudly goes in the papers, disporting themselves in their basque, and they will proudly tell you of the footballers, always the ugly ones, who they've bedded. I can't, I can't really, you know, it'd be like me coming in air and telling you, you know, exactly what I've been getting up to this week, which, of course, is nothing, same as last week, the year before, and the last 15 years. Why do people want to go to the papers and sell their stories, you know, about who they've slept with? And this time, of course, it's poor old Amir Khan again. He doesn't get a good press, does he? He really doesn't. And so she's selling her little story. She's got her 30 pieces of silver. And then Amy Childs. And what a child Amy is. Oh, my goff. Because they've got her ex-boyfriend. And he says, I dumped her. She begged me to go back. But I said, no, I should imagine she's fairly hard work. Having a conversation with Amy Childs would be fairly hard work. There was a rumour she was going back to Essex because her little star is on the Descendant. It's not arising, I'm afraid. But they've got the boyfriend called David. And it's when she was promoting her own perfume. They all bring out perfume. I don't know who uses this stuff. I suppose, to be honest with you, anybody who buys a celebrity perfume, you know, I I would cut out the middleman and buy toilet duck. Coming up in the next part of the programme, why do people come to London? Good grief. Is it for all the hot sex? In London? Where are they going? Not McDonald's again. Is it McDonald's again? Is this where you go there? Something over a a quarter pounder with cheese? Michael Gove says that. I don't know, perhaps I'm done, perhaps I'm doing it wrong. Unit lines could still be on pub glasses to show exactly how much booze you've had. Ulrika Johnson says, I'm not dumb and pretty enough for TV now. But she is four by four. The elderly hit hard by the bank closures. And that gun drama at Buckingham Palace. And of course, we take all your texts and emails and tweets. Steve at lbc.co.uk. From LBC, this is Steve Allen. All of that is next... Morning, everybody. Nice, heavy company. It's five past seven. Why do people come to London for all the hot sex? You might as well go to Manchester, Glasgow, Billericay, Epping. I can think of like, South End. Well, maybe not South End. But there's loads of places you can go to for hot sex. I'll give you my address very, very shortly. only jokey, of course. <laughs> really, please. Rather have a nice cup of cocoa. The gun drama at the palace. The Queen's Guard who pointed a bayonet at an intruder. It'll be another person who's got uh, some illness problems. Is Gazza back from rehab? No. And uh, Salchi's revenge, Nigella's bitter ex blamed for the US ban. And soul man, Jermaine, has won the voice. All of that in your and you'll text some tweets between now and 8 this Sunday morning from LBC. Poor old Ulrika Johnson. She says, I'm not dumb and pretty enough for TV. No, she's more than capable, though, isn't she, of presenting TV programmes? D- is, it, is that what it has to be nowadays? Are we looking for simple people to present? Are we looking for the, how are you, Christine Bleakley, kind of mentality of people who just sit there and look pretty? But I think Ulrika Johnson is pretty enough. There must be programmes. I mean, do we really get rid of people on the television once they're past a certain age and we say, you know, you, I'm afraid we're not going to be using you anymore?" Matthew Kelly, says Malcolm, could be a very good replacement uh, for Bruce on Strictly. And Jane in Leeds says, you're so right, Steve, about ghastly passport photos. When I got my latest one, I realised with horror I've turned into my mother. Yeah, <laughs> that is the way, isn't it? Or well, failing that, you've actually turned into the sort of person your parents used to warn you about. Um, on the front page of the Sunday Mirror today, Nigella's bitter ex for for US ban. I couldn't quite understand, during the week, why Nigella Lawson had not been allowed to go to America and it was all apparently, partly due to her admission in court when she was being questioned, that she had taken cocaine. And I thought, well, fair enough, but there must be loads of people who have taken cocaine who fly backwards and forwards, but who haven't been public about it. In other words, they haven't said either in a court of law or in an interview, yes, I've taken cocaine. Because, let's face it, America is a country which is absolutely riddled with drugs. There must be more drugs there than, than in anywhere else in the entire world. They have a huge drug problem in the same way they have a huge pornography problem as well. But I kept thinking about all the people who've been involved with drugs before, uh, like Russell Brand, who are still happily flying backwards and forwards to um, to America. People like Paul McCartney, who's been in court, charged over cannabis. I think Mick Jagger the same. Kate Moss has talked about loads of people. Loads of people. I remember that poor model, Cara Delevingne, when a little bag of what looked like talcum powder fell out of her bag. It didn't stop her flying backwards and forwards. So I don't quite understand why they would want to pick on uh, about, on, on, sorry, on, Ni- on Nigella Lawson. Kay Burley said, don't be rude about Christine Bleakley. She- How are you? She's my friend. Oh, dear. I like, D- you can't have friends in this business, Kay. I've told you before. Book a room. Um, so Sarchi- <laughs> Sarchi's still at it. And, and that's what they think. They think it's him. I don't think people like him. I don't think people like it. And, you know, when, sort of, I mean, obviously very bitter. But I can imagine that's how, it, that's how it happens, doesn't it, in sort of relationships. When you, when you split up with somebody, people can get a little bit, a little bit bitter, I'm afraid. Uh, Anne says, what's wrong with Prince Andrew's daughters? Where would you like me to start? They both work full time. <laughs> yeah, right. As <laughs> long as you believe what you read in the papers, that's fine. On the subject of uh, Strictly, Len Goodman, only one person. Well, I agree with Susan in Beckenham. Len Goodman would be a, a very good one. His dance knowledge, good sense of humour... He was, he was... When we did him for In Conversation a little while ago, um, he was one of the most... down. He reminded me of, of quite a number of my uncles who all came from around Gants Hill and places like that. And that's what Len Goodman reminded me of. Very down-to-earth, very ordinary person. What you see with Len is what you get. And that's what I like about people on the television. So I, th- I think you're right. I think he'd be good. But is he, is he too good? Anyway, Susan says, Will your grand national win pay for the trainers? Uh, well, it will, and I'll have some money left over as well. Because if I'm going to get, as somebody said, about £370 for having first, second and third on the National, then uh, the trainers cost, <coughs> excuse me, just under £200. So it seems an awful lot of money, doesn't it, for a pair of shoes, I'm afraid. And, and Jackie says, try and give at least 10% to a horse charity, either retired or a horse rescue charity. So many horses die or have to be shot training for the races. Uh, did you see the... The only reason I mentioned it is because you mentioned horses. Did you see the Princess Anne interview where they were talking to her about horses and about the, her gassing of badgers and things, which seemed, seemed OK to me. I didn't have a problem with things like that. If it's a big problem with uh, TB out in the countryside, but then they have to do something about it. I know you get animal lovers, they go, Oh, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. But if they're spreading diseases and animals are dying as a result, and I think Princess Anne lost a lot of her herd of, of uh, specimen uh cows so then you have to do something and they asked her about horses she obviously likes horses and she said it would be nice to think because they have no value horses when they get later you've all seen pictures of horses destined to be shot and they stand because nobody wants them and yet you see adverts for a donkey sanctuary on the television and we all want to give money to a donkey sanctuary because we want to see herds of donkeys you know galloping through fields and horses as well and she didn't have any problem with eating horse because you remember the debacle we had on LBC about people eating horse. And it turns out we've obviously been eating it for years. It's just that we don't know we've been eating it because nobody was honest enough to tell us. And she said she had eaten it. And, uh, and it was OK. She didn't have any. Would they ever serve it, though? Do you think they would ever serve anything like that at Buckingham Palace? Today we've got horse. I know that the French eat it all the time. It's just that we go, oh, it's horse. It's horse. We wouldn't do it. And the other thing I remember from the papers the other day and from a, a news item is that I think in America you can buy an HIV kit over the counter. You can home test for HIV. They think there could be at least 25,000 people in this country who are HIV positive and who do not know it. But there are drugs now. There are drugs. We've, we've progressed so far with AIDS research that years ago it was a death sentence. Now, not so much. So I like the idea of an over-the-counter test that you can go and buy and do it privately. All shows have a high watermark. Bruce did well on Strictly, still massive. X-Factor peaked in the Jedward era, says Ian, about four years ago. We don't know what the answer is. I do not think, and I know what Simon Cowell has done it for, when he brought back Cheryl Cole. It's only because they've got to find somebody who fits in and who he can tell what to do. Let her believe she thinks she knows what she's talking about. But to be brutally frank with you, she hasn't got the faintest idea. Uh, Trevor says... A few years ago, we went to see the recording of Step Up to the Plate, hosted by Tony Beak. Mother-in-law became unwell due to the heat, and Tony was lovely. He wasn't a very good host, though. Well, he did uh, that other programme, and I can't remember what it was called now. He took over from Dale Winton, and he was absolutely terrible on it. But he comes over as smarmy. And that's one thing I can't stand on the telly. It's, I want genuine people on the television. If somebody sits there and they look like they're Smiley, Smiley, Carol, Smiley, I'm going to get a little bit annoyed. I'm just looking for people who can be themselves. But to be natural on television is very, very difficult. It's very difficult. That's why certain people over the years have fallen by the wayside. It doesn't matter how good-looking somebody is. You can still be absolutely chronically awful on television. Alan Titchmarsh would be excellent and has just announced no more uh, of his uh, show he was good on pop star to opera star, but he's also considered as ITV. You he, he, see, I think he'd be excellent on it because he's got that kind of presentational skill. He's got the gravitas. He can be funny. He can be witty, but he can still be quite serious about something. And I think he'd be good on it. I know he's considered ITV. I know that he's got other shows in the pipeline. I think he's got a show coming up looking at the Queen's Gardens. So he would be one to consider. But I don't know. Do they, do they test people for it? I don't want anybody young. I don't, anybody young at all, I think that would, be, that would be a big mistake. You've got to have somebody who has the gravitas. Uh, Nigel in Cork, on shift, in the truck, since uh, since three. He says, nice to have you live on a rainy Sunday morning. I'm hoping to finish about 2pm to watch my son Charlie playing a hurling match today. He says, love the show, come over to Ireland sometime. I'd love to go to Ireland. I, c- I, keep, I keep meaning to try and get over to Ireland. I say keep, I haven't tried at all, actually. We're going to Brussels very shortly, for a day. I can't think of anything that's appealing about Brussels, but we we are going to be going there. And and I don't know why. It's just a day out. We we did Paris on a day out, and for that you need quite a few wins on either the lottery or on the Grand National. Uh, Maria Miller, says Peter, she's quite unattractive to look at and now shows us unattractive on the inside too. I wonder, do you think that they they might change their stance on her and just and just sort of remove her? Do you think they might have to? Do you think that public opinion is going to sway the government? I don't know. I'm not too sure. I love the way that she was so um, dismissive after she'd done her little apology, and I didn't really see it as anything more than 30 seconds of absolute drivel, I'm afraid. She then sort of said, and that's an end to it. I thought, I don't think so. I don't think so. Wayne sleep for strictly? No, I don't think, no. Wayne on it, but I don't think actually presenting it. Yes, I mean, I I like the idea of Alan Titchmarsh. I think that that would be a very very good one. I think he would be he would be excellent. Would he? Uh, would he actually want to do it though? Would he want to do it? Uh, eight four eight five zero. Oh, Steve at lbc dot uk. Paul Gascoigne's in the papers as well. I shall tell you more about him in a moment. They say it it shows that he's winning the battle with booze that nearly killed him. It shows me nothing of the sort. It just shows. Uh, a man with lots of tattoos on his body, standing with his shirt off on a balcony. It doesn't show me he's won a battle with booze at all, I'm afraid. He spent uh, 12 weeks of this year in rehab. He's clearly managed to regain weight. Well, he went to America, didn't he? He went to America to, to try and come off the booze and then went straight back on it again. He's got all these uh, tattoos uh, on his, they say, his ripply torso. For that read, Fat. There's nothing rippling about Paul Gascoigne's torso at all. He's got portraits of his daughter Bianca and ex-wife Cheryl together with Chinese symbols. Do you think when you go in there and you say to the tattooist, you know, can I have some Chinese symbols? They write something rude on there, like this man's a failure, this man's a has-been. Uh, still to go after the break, these HIV home testing kits, which you can now buy in supermarkets. Time now, seven fifty BC. Hey, Burley, Stig with you after the news at 8 o'clock this morning. Brian Connolly's tea would be perfect for Strictly. He would actually. He would. I don't know if he dances. I can't remember. I don't know. I ask him about that. I don't know. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Somebody suggested Andrew Castle would be great. Louis Spence would be great. And John Barrowman. And somebody says, please, please, not Anton Deck. No chance. And apparently, if I'd put a pound on my three selections to finish in that order, first, second, third, and the national, I could have picked up £35,000. Unfortunately, I wasn't that clever. And luckily, I don't need (laughs) £35,000. Not much. Uh, instead, I pick up about 370 or something like that. Anyway, that's not bad. I think that's a good result to get the first, second, and third in the National, not necessarily so in that order. It's good. It's very good. Uh, Bridget says, and um, you did say you didn't have a problem with gassing badgers. Uh, Do you know they block the entrance to their sets and pump gas in so that badgers die underground? Gassing is an inhumane way to kill them, and I'm surprised that you or Princess Anne think it's acceptable. I think it's a lot better than shooting. I think it's a lot better than wounding an animal and uh, and they wander off to die in absolute agony i mean i'm just all I'm thinking about is t b that's all I'm thinking about, and I'm thinking the quickest way. I don't think shooting is quick i don't think it I don't think it is at all i don't I can't think of any other way I mean unless you can put food down for them and then they die horribly in agony. I think probably gassing, and she must have thought about it, i suppose uh however, it works. I don't, I don't live in the country, so I don't have a problem with things like that. We don't get many badgers around twicken, and we just get foxes. And I'm scared witless of foxes now, because they, they literally stand their ground. Years ago, foxes would run away. They don't now, they just stand there and they stare at you and think... So I carry a little torch, like a little laser. A <laughs> bit like Darth Vader, you know, trying to keep these things out of the car park. Just, just going back on to uh, Maria Miller. Carol McGiffin writes in her column today in the paper, and she says, The Right Honourable Maria Miller MP makes my blood boil. They'll be talking about this later on on breakfast. The Culture Minister bought a house in ninety five for 234000 and designated it her second home to claim the mortgage interest as expenses. In 1998, it had a £575,000 mortgage, over twice what she paid for it. Miss Miller kept claiming and taxpayers paid the interest. When she sold the house... She made a £1.25 million profit, yet, following a long investigation with which she was less than cooperative, she'll have to pay back only 5800 The Parliamentary Standard Commissioner estimates the sum should be 44000 Miller made a brief apology for the mistake in the Commons and blames the confusion on rate changes. The woman has a degree in economics, incidentally. The worst part, she gets to keep her job. Why and how, writes Carol McGiffin. Uh, because Dave won't sack her. Being one of only four women in the Cabinet must have something to do with it. If so, it shows the PM cares more about what Labour think of his quota than voters. So there you go. I mean, I wonder whether she'll be forced out, whether or not... I mean, it it is just... It's lying on such a scale... And these people, I mean, she's got a degree in economics. She would know exactly what was going on. It's, it's people who cheat the system. And if this was in the real world, she'd be in prison by now, I would have thought. But because, you know, she's an MP, they go, oh, that's OK, just pay back 5800 It's almost like a little sort of pat on the wrist, isn't it, really? And let's hope the thing goes away. Quite clearly, the papers think differently. And you seem to think differently as well. Uh, Patricia in Fulham thinks, uh, uh, get rid of Tess Daly and put Tom Jones and Emma Willis in there. Uh, Bradley Walsh for Strictly, says Anna in Northampton test daily for the doll queue I think, well according to Bruce She cried when he told her that he was leaving the programme I think because it might Because at the moment she can sort of walk all over him And just say, oh bless him Because she acts like his carer And it's very sweet But I, I think if anybody else comes in they, They're going to be going um, I'd rather not have her on the same set as me Okay, That's going to be very, very interesting To find out exactly what, uh, what, what goes on A lot of people going for Bradley Walsh and uh, Colin says, what about Nick Clegg? He's very good at dancing around questions. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And uh, Jewel says, at London Colney, fab show with hot granary toast, honey, peanut butter with sliced banana and hot tea. Oh, dear Lord above. That sounds like a killer for me. That's, uh, that's what you eat uh, just before a 10-kilometre race. Maria says, surely Philip Schofield... Should do strictly, not his, not like he's on television all the time. But seriously, I'd like to see John Barrowman, Paul O'Grady, or even Bradley Walsh take over. It has to be somebody who can either work well with either Tess Daly or Claudia Winkleman. I don't know whether or not you would actually. I mean, if, if you're going to change Brucey, would you change Tess Daly and sort of relegator to the back ranks? I don't know. Adrian says two hundred pound for trainers. That's two pairs. It's not one pair. It's two. I wouldn't. It's two two pairs. Are they made of gold? £70 is the maximum that you should have paid. Sadly not for, for Nike. And if, if I got them free, I'd be so much happier, but of course I didn't. I had to pay for them. And not having ever bought a pair before, I feel like I'm showing people all the time now. I'm saying, "Look, my new trainers. Very excited. I'd like to see Zoe Ball take the main slot. No, I like Zoe Ball, but not for this. It needs, it needs a bit more gravitas, I think. Test Daily is quite ineffective. I think you need a song and a dance type. So, Bruce... Uh, goes Michael Ball, John Barryman. Interesting how uh, how people are sort of pushing up John Barryman's name at the moment. Is he not on the television? Is he not on the television? And then Kate in Harefield says, "Why don't you present Strictly?" Can't think of anything. Can you imagine how awful that would be? The outfits would have to be huge had to be absolutely enormous. And also, then you'd have to pretend you can do a bit of dancing, and I I don't... It's not that I have two left feet. I mean, I think I'm actually quite sort of graceful on a dance floor. But I just, uh, oh, no, I definitely wouldn't be interested in in things like that at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Charlie Catchpole talks about uh, wildlife presenter Chris Packham. He's another Katie Hopkins. Sometimes he just, I'm sure, says something just to be particularly stupid so that he can get himself in the papers. He says he wants pandas to be allowed to die out so funds can be diverted to saving other endangered species, such as the axolot. This is the Mexican walking fish, really a salamander, which at a certain angle resembles Eric Pickles. He said pandas look cute and cuddly, but they're useless. It costs a fortune to house a pair and they won't breed. We should say, sorry, yin-yang, you've had your shot and you've blown it. Unfortunately, nobody wants to cuddle an oxalot. I was down at the zoo yesterday, if you listened to the beginning of the programme this morning, invited down to have breakfast while they showed us the the pygmy uh, hippos, which was lovely. And I was looking at the uh, the tiger cubs. They've got tiger cubs there now. And I think they've got two males and a female. And when they get bigger, they will presumably be going off to other zoos, because you can't have mum, dad... And three tiger cubs in the same enclosure, so they will go to London zoos. It's part of a, a trade that all zoos do with other zoos. So one zoo's short of a tiger, then they can give it a tiger here. And uh, they're they're being good as gold. They're being good as gold. But one of them, one of them was a bit bullying, but the other the other ones are sort of good with him, so that's okay. And then I said, but should we not sell them to raise money for the zoo? And they said, oh, you're not allowed to do that. You cannot um, you cannot sell animals from one zoo to another. I said, well, the Chinese do. And they said, well, they don't actually sell the animals. So the two pandas that they've got in Edinburgh Zoo, I think they paid four million for. And they're rented. So in other words, they actually pay to have them there. And if they produce an offspring, which is highly unlikely, because all pandas do is just eat. They don't seem to be remotely interested in the uh, algae father stuff. They just sit there. They're really not bothered. I mean, sex and pandas, they do not go hand in hand. And so you sort of look at them. So they've they've paid four million, I think. And they're hoping that the increase in tourism will cover the cost of putting them in there. So people go into the zoo to see other animals as well as the pandas. But they they do just sit there. Funniest sight on YouTube is the panda with a little baby panda on its lap. And the panda sneezes and the mother falls over. That was the funniest thing I ever saw. But they they rent them and then they go back because China is particularly successful at breeding pandas. They're very, very good at breeding pandas. They they have got literally hundreds of pandas, hundreds of them. And they're very, very good. Very, very good indeed. So uh, we're renting them. Why? I've got no idea. I've got no idea. Uh, Adam Postens on TV is talking about another voice winner heading for obscurity. He talks about the presenter of the programme being one of the blandest people on television. And uh, The Chosen One. This is a story that I brought you... Some years ago, because I was fascinated how we picked the unknown warrior. How we picked the unknown warrior who is buried in Westminster Abbey. They were looking for a soldier. And they went out there and they were presented. They've sat here with six, six bodies, and they had to pick one out. It was one person who could not be identified. So you will never know who the person is who is the unknown warrior. They represent all the soldiers who have died overseas. But they had to be totally Anonymous. Nobody was ever going to find out. They were nameless, and they picked one out, and that's the person they brought back to rest in the Abbey, and he represents everybody. It's a fascinating story of how complicated it has to be for something like that. If it had been a soldier who was identified, it wouldn't, wouldn't ever have happened. Uh, coming up, after the news, the official FIFA agent that's charging fans how much for World Cup packages to Rio in June. Would you believe 60 Thousand pounds, LBC News time. It's seven thirty. And for the latest news headlines, here's Peter Ferris. Ships carrying sophisticated deep LBC. LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 and a half minutes to eight o'clock. It's Sunday morning. It's Steve Allen with you, with Steve Allen on Sunday. It's an original name for a programme, and it means that we take a rather irreverent look through the Sunday papers, so it saves you having to go out and buy them a little bit later on. So the story on the front of The Sun on Sunday is the gun drama at the palace. A Queen's guard points his rifle at a ranting man who tried to force his way into Buckingham Palace. The ceremonial soldier, with bayonet fixed, broke royal protocol, by dashing 50 yards to intervene, the suspect had screamed at cops for five minutes. He looks a bit stupid. He looks like one of these people who's quite clearly have some issues in the upstairs department. A tourist said he was trying to get closer or inside. And so they've done a, a full picture here of him. And uh, this ranting man was shouting, he says, oh, you're a big boy now. And the guard, who I think was Scottish, judging by his accent, yes, I am a big boy. He's one of these silly people. He'll turn out to have some history of illness, I suppose. And later on, there were no, no charges, but uh, it's, they're, they're quite clear here that they've got, they've got armed guards and they've got police officers. But when somebody is confronted by idiots like this who say these sort of things, then you have to obviously sort of expose them in the papers. I mean, perhaps he was gay, I don't know. You're a big boy, yes, I am a big boy, I don't know. So that's an exclusive bit of a bit of a drama. More on Maria Miller, that one's definitely not running away any anytime soon is it every saying here even after the uh, the uh, MPs expenses scandal, they've now sort of said no no she doesn't have to pay the 45,000 just just give us 5,800 but kind of write it off. But it's blatant lying all the way through I and mean, the public I think will be shocked that the committee overturned one of the key recommendations about how much should be paid back. where there's a real possibility that the minister made a capital gain with the help of public funds. I mean, quite clearly, you know, somebody like this shouldn't be actually anywhere near government. So she's now bought a £1.2 million house, which is just about what she made on the last one. It cannot be right. It cannot be right. And they'll be talking about it on Breakfast This Morning with Stig Abel and Kate Burley. Uh, then there was the Levi Belfield case, the triple killer who was given the other day, uh, because of an attack in prison, £4,500. I mean, to be brutally honest with you, I couldn't care less whether or not he was attacked in prison. How prisoners are allowed to sue is totally beyond me. £4,500. Um, but he still owes £100 to a man he attacked in 1999. But here, at this, this attack, £4,500. Who decides these amounts? These are people in prison. Who cares? He's a triple killer. I couldn't care less whether somebody beat him black and blue. I would look at as doing us all a favour. We've got to pay to keep him in prison for the rest of his life. I mean, it, it is ridiculous. Apparently, the uh, the payout was £1,000 less than the relatives of his murder victims were entitled to each, which was 5500 It makes a joke of it. I mean, the good news is he can't spend it. He can't do anything with it. I'm hoping they just put it in a bank account and say, when you, when you go and visit Barclays or wherever, you can take the money out. But of course, as he's not likely to any time soon, perhaps he won't ever get that money. Uh, the Sun. I can't quite work out why they've spent this much money, but they have. They've taken uh, Jack Royston, a Sun reporter, uh, with some sand, from Britain back to Africa. He went by plane to Gibraltar and then ferry to Africa. This is an awful lot of money to spend, Stick on uh, on sort of one photo. Very expensive. Local camel herder, Abdul Fattah... <laughs> It could always be made up, could it? You'd probably find it there at Bridlington or something like that. It says, I've lived with the sand all my life. I had no idea it was causing problems in Britain. Well, it is. We don't want it. I got it all over my car the other day. I had to get my car washed. And, uh, not a happy person at all. Footballer Andy Carroll, I'm afraid I have no idea who Andy Carroll is, has scored an own goal by hooking up with ex-TOWIE star Billy Mucklow. Um And uh, here she is. I mean, she is the most boring member of the cast. Mucky Billy, I think she was known as, on the show. And uh, they just had to get rid of her because she was dull. In fact, that's why they got rid of Joey Essex's sister. I mean, she was the most boring person I think we'd ever seen in our entire life. Still trying to flog you some crackpot diet at the moment. Don't buy into it. But uh, apparently, poor old uh, Billy Mucklow uh, was shopping in London's Bond Street. It's not for you, dear. It's really not for you. It's for different people. It's for people with a little bit of class... And so she's still hungry for fame. I think it's bypassed you. I think your five seconds is up. I think you need to sort of go back to where you came from. And Mario Falcone, who still seems to make the paper, he's slightly creepy, as indeed are most of the people in The Only Essex, has struck up an unlikely romance with Jasmine Leonard, whoever she is. And uh, it's a-, a tangled celebrity love quadrangle. I don't really know why anybody's remotely interested in Dim Boy, Dim Mario and whether or not he goes out with some girl who sold stories of her conquests in the past. I can't quite see the purpose of it. But he's been out with Lucy Mecklenburg. But there again, who hasn't? Put your hands up, everybody. And, um, and now we've got Jasmine Leonard. I don't know what she's famous for. Uh, oh, she, apparently she romped with Max George of The Wanted. Hasn't everybody romped with Max George of The Wanted? Again, put your hands up if you're one of those people. But apparently, uh, Mario is planning to visit Los Angeles and Las Vegas this summer and has asked Jasmine to introduce him to some of her A-list pals, including Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. What, those two deadbeats? They're not still doing the rounds, are they? Is Lindsay Lohan out of rehab? And is Paris Hilton still trying to pretend to the world that she's heir to the Hilton fortune, which, of course, she's not? I mean, to be honest with you, poor old Mario. I feel a bit sorry for him, really. We were introduced to his father this week. And his father, is t- it's funny, Mario speaks, you know, like a bloke from Essex, you know, sort of go out with his girlies. And then his father, is a speaker like this, he's a speaker like this, and, he t- and I'm, I'm beginning to think it was some joke character that they brought in. It was hilarious. They started bringing in the parents who were even more barking mad than the, uh, than the children, I'm afraid. Uh, so there is that story of £60,000 being charged to fans for the, uh, for the World Cup. 60000 Have fans got that much? And the answer is, of course they have. If they're prepared to spend 90 quid on a shirt that probably cost about £2.50, well, then more full fans. But they're they're very good, the fans. They are very good, and they will be taken for a ride as often as possible. And you feel like saying to them, don't buy it, and they go, well, you've got to buy it. You've got to buy the strip. Is it Manchester United, I think, who've gone down in history as the team or the, the club that have changed their strip more times than anybody else they've actually been out there and they keep changing because every time they actually change the strip they have to uh, the fans have to go and buy it so you get the the kids outfit you get the uh, the little children's outfits you get the adults outfits you get all these different outfits and the fans go out and buy it and the reason they go and buy it is because they're fans of the club and if you're a fan of the club then you don't want to miss out but with the england shirts it's just a white shirt with a badge and a tick stuck on it. I mean, it's not, it's not really good enough, is it? I feel a bit sorry for the fans. But I suppose if you make it too cheap, it's not quite the same. But I would like to think, I would like to think that football fans can put their feet down on the ground together and say, no, we're not going to buy into it. You bring the price down and we will actually change it. But, if, you know, we're not going to spend 90 quid. But I suspect people have, have, have already, I'm afraid, bought into it and they've pre-ordered... It's the other day we were talking about the film True Blue. And I said on the program, uh, it's such a good film about the Oxford Cambridge boat race and a bit of a controversy that happened years ago. And I said if if you if you want a, a, a film with a feel good factor that you want to stand up and cheer, then you should watch True Blue. I said and it's dead cheap. It's on Amazon and it was about £4.21 and there were 9 copies. During the course of the program, the 9 copies sold out immediately. And by the time they'd sold the first two, obviously somebody at Amazon went, wait a minute, there's some interest in True Blue. So they put the price up. And up went the price to £5.70-something. And then the last we heard, it was up to about £10. As everybody else was jumping on the bandwagon. And I said, no, just wait. Eventually the price will come down again. But it's a good film. And today we do have the Oxford-Cambridge boat race. I, for one, couldn't care less. I couldn't give a forex about people rowing in a boat, half of whom aren't even British. Who is remotely interested in some OK yards you know, we do the old boating thing at the university and uh, taking boat out on the Thames. There'll be a lot of people in blazers and boaters going, come on, Bins Miner. Great stuff. Great stuff. You know, and it'll be lovely. It's the most boring. I, I can't wait for them to sink. That's the only highlight for me. Make the buggers swim, I say. You know, the boat goes down. Everybody's swimming with their life. Little, little life. Around. That's great. That's what makes it interesting. Because every year, I mean, I wouldn't mind. Let's make it fair. Let's put four crews out there. Let's have some of the other bigot But they've been doing it for ages, and it becomes a bit of rivalry. And I love it at the end, when they, when they pick up the, uh, the man who sat at the end, they're going, row, row, or whatever they shout, and then they throw them in the river. I remember doing a thing years ago for the City of London Police, where they said, could I compare? They were having some games in one of the, in one of the little harbours off the Thames, down from St Catherine's Dock. And for some reason, best known to myself, I was taking the mickey out of the police you know, my brother who's 12's got more stamina than this lot. And, uh, and at the very end, when I think it was City of London Police versus the Met Police, and they, they presented me with a plaque, which was very nice, which I've still got from the City of London Police and the Metropolitan Police saying, you know, for comparing, blah, 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 blah. And that was all very lovely. And then what they did, they picked me up and threw me in this bloody river thing. I was so... And I had to take all the stuff out of my pocket. I said, please don't throw me in. I'm not good in water. Believe you me, I get frightened going near a bath. And, and and they threw me in and I sort of came... I was soaking wet. So, luckily I had the car there. Can you imagine trying to come back on the bus? Wouldn't have been so good. Wouldn't have been so good. Uh, the uh, Mirror This Morning, Amanda Holden, The Secret of Keeping My Marriage Alive. I still think you should read her autobiography. I know it didn't sell as, as well as it should have done, but it's a very interesting book, and she, she was good fun. There was only one question she wouldn't talk to me about, but that's another story. And the Brazilian rent-boy lover of Tory MP Mark Menzies was refused entry into the UK three times, presumably because he kept coming back in, and they went, well, what are you doing? And he went, um student, because that's what the majority of uh, Brazilian rent boys claim, and rent boys from around the world, they claim they're students so they can come here legally, and they can do their, their studying, and uh, this one shows no sign of going away it's, it's, a, it's a little bit tedious to be honest with you, I mean I couldn't care less grown man chooses to pay for sex with Brazilian rent boy, that's his business you know, I mean you go to Brazil, that's what people do, there are lots of, you know I should imagine every city, the length and breadth of the land, you're going to find prostitution going on and it's such a shame that sort of nowadays... I mean, this is like a story that I would have read from from the 60s and the 70s in the newspapers. Not something I'd be reading in the year 2014. The Express today, I love the way they're always giving you something free. I like, I like a free gift, but I wish you could actually get the free gift with the paper. Like years ago, when you bought Bunty magazine or sort of daredevil magazines like Dan Dare, there'd be a free gift. It'd be a free aeroplane or something like that, or a free sort of copy of a rabbit or something, you know, like, I don't know, anything like that. My favourite one was a a butterfly that you wound up and you put between the pages of a book. And when they opened the book, this thing went like that and shot out and frightened them. You know, that was always exciting, watching people having heart attacks in front of you. But today in the Sunday Express, a free Volvic juice drink You've got to go to Budgeons and Londis. Sadly, I live in Twickenham. We don't have a Budgeons or a Londis. Or 48 free perennials worth £40. Oh, lovely. That seems a little bit more like it, as you'll all be going to garden centres after we've had the Oxford-Cambridge boat race, and you'll be sort of thinking, I think we'll start buying the bedding plants for the summer. Coming up after the break, the price of a loaf of bread is actually going down. LBC News Time, quarter to eight. This is... Morning, everybody. Ten to eight is the time. Being a new LBC listener, writes Mike, in Inverness... He says, I thought you just did weekday morning, so waking up this morning, I turned on the radio and heard you presenting, so robot-like, got my clothes on and got myself to work. Got to the office, found the whole place locked up, so I figured the security guard was running late, so I drove to the parcel depot to quickly pick up a parcel. Missed the delivery earlier in the week. I find the parcel depot locked up too. Eventually twigged. It's Sunday, not Monday. What an idiot. Well, there you go. That's Inverness for you, isn't it? I like the, I've done that before. I, mem- I remember going to bed once in the dark and I woke up in the dark and and I panicked. I went into a major panic, thinking I've overslept. And it turned out I've been in bed about an hour. But I literally threw myself. You know, when you look at the clock and you think I've overslept, it's much later than I think it is. And when the clocks went forward the other week, I mean, I, I did I did forget that the clocks had gone forward. Luckily, I, I changed them a little bit later on. But it was it was quite a frightening quite a frightening moment where your heart starts racing. You think I've definitely done it wrong. Uh, How good did you do with the national? Says Neil. I wish I'd put my money on the hippo you saw yesterday as my horse is still running. yep, yeah, I got... I mean, I hate to be so smug about it. It's so awful. First, second and third on the National. I had four other horses as well, so I picked seven in total. And nobody was more surprised than me. So according to what my experts, which is you, tell me, I'm going to pick up about £370 today, which means is I, I spent 100 on the bet for all of them. I £270 up which just about covers my bill at Joe Allen's. Uh, good wishes to uh, to Janet, says Noreen, whose husband spends quite a lot of time on stage at the Magic Circle, from the gang, and John Barrowman for me, for Strictly. Yes, John Barrowman would be a, a very good one for Strictly. I, th- I think so. I wonder, really, whether or not people like John Barrowman that much to put him on there. Uh, the shock over the FIFA World Cup deal is on the front page of the, of the Daily Star today. And this is £60,000 for one of these... Uh, packages. And do you remember the story I gave you earlier on? I was trying to leave it a bit later in the morning, because I think it's a wee bit too early to be talking about SEX. And uh, Michael Gove uh, says, people come to London for all the hot sex. Now, at eight o'clock in the morning, I realised, probably a little bit early for most of you. And he shocked a cabinet summit with a woman in charge uh, of attracting more internet tycoons by claiming that all these people are coming to the capital... For SEX, he said the city was attracting young businessmen and women because they believed there were more opportunities for success and sex. Do the two go hand in hand nowadays? I mean, if you are successful, are you getting more than anybody else? I mean, I don't know. I think it gets to the stage where, to be honest with you, if somebody says, would you like to come for a morning of passion, a good jigsaw will uh, will sway me. A jigsaw and a cup of Earl Grey tea and perhaps a piece of hot buttered toast. I don't really want anything else, actually. But um, he explained... <laughs> he says only Berlin comes close. And he explained the hot sex claims had been made to him by entrepreneurs in the Founders Forum, a glamorous international organisation which claims to promote the world's brightest and most dynamic digital entrepreneurs. Heavens above, I mean, honestly. Can you believe it? People come to London for sex, Kay. Can, can you believe it at our age? <laughs> I think not. Uh, and uh, Tour de France. Stars will be working up a, a bit of a sweat at a top-dogging venue this summer. I'm not even sure I can bring you this. Well, this is in the Daily Star today, and it's in Kirklees, which is in the Home Valley. And so the Tour de France is going... It, it, it seems that we're being overrun by these sort of things. Overrun. TV Extra magazine today has got Tom's Big Adventure. This is Tom Daly going off with his best friend, who's a girl. And um, I think that comes up very shortly on the television. And, uh, believe it or not, Molly King from the Saturdays is now showing you her new fashion range. Have you noticed they've all got fashion ranges? Everybody's got a fashion range. Hello. Everybody's got a fashion range nowadays. Everybody's got a fashion... I, haven't, I have not got a fashion range. If I had, it would probably just be trainers. And uh, you can steal diet, fitness and beauty secrets from uh, the dreadful Fern from Towie. That's the woman whose language, I'm afraid, doesn't bear to... Fern McCann, a foul-mouthed woman at the best of times. Really disgusting. And uh, I wouldn't be having anything to do with her at all, I'm afraid. So those were the uh, the front pages of the papers. The Daily Mail today, Kate's Mercy Mission Down Under. It's going to get everybody very, very excited. And 80% of you want Maria Sacked, Maria Miller Sacked which is very interesting. I wonder what they'll be making of that on the uh, breakfast show this morning. And just the other week when we were saying that Prince Harry is going to be probably marrying Cressida Bonas, uh, she hasn't made up her mind yet, even though she's been invited to, I think, Buckingham Palace. I think she's been to a few occasions where she's met members of the royal family. And so far, so far, nothing has gone on. Are we any closer to finding the black box from MH? 370 flight from Malaysia Airlines. I have no idea. I've ceased to get excited about it now because I just keep thinking every time they talk about it, it's another red herring. And who could be on their way home? Drug mule Melissa Reid, believe it or not. Apparently, the Peruvian government have written saying you might as well take her. We don't want her anymore. And somebody said she's given so she has so much to give to society. Of course she does. She's a drug mule. She's got loads to give to society. Uh, I'm afraid this pair of liars should have rotted in prison. But as usual, our government intervenes and we bring them back, so we have to pay for them. I'd rather they stayed in Peru, to be quite honest. Uh, Go now, the public delivering this damning verdict on the Culture Secretary, Maria Miller... And this first poll, I mean, the smugness of the woman, I think that's the thing that annoys everybody. It's the fact that sort of people, people just get a little bit annoyed. And more on this story, which is running, and it seems to be of interest to the Daily Mail, for reasons best known to themselves. This is a young man who killed himself after being allegedly groomed by a gay TV comedian. And uh, this, I didn't realise, I thought this was fairly recent, but it isn't. This goes back three years now. Three years ago, this man who was quite clearly troubled, this boy was quite clearly troubled. He was, I don't know how old he was actually, 18 or something like that. His parents uh, are still, all these years later, going on about it. Even though he had tried to commit suicide 47 times, he quite clearly had a lot of mental issues. And they've got... Bits of letters that he sent. But it doesn't tell you anything about what was going on in his private life at all. Uh, the TV comic has denied it. Uh, but it's all over the internet. But I believe there's an injunction taken out with the newspapers. This person cannot be named. And the parents are quite clearly not going not to let it drop. This person, this TV comedian, has never been questioned. Never been interviewed. Never been charged. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But the family are demanding. The family are demanding. You know, if it turns out... That something happened, well, then fair enough. But he was quite clearly a very troubled young man. And uh, they say he was happy and stress free on his uh, 18th birthday. Well, then quite clearly went downhill. Whether it was to do with that, you'll never know. You'll never be able to prove anything at all. Oh, and uh, guess who's come out as bisexual now? Yes, Debbie Harry, I'm afraid, has now decided to ruin every young boy's. Oh, well, perhaps it isn't every young boy's fantasy. And uh, Patrick Stewart has revealed he feels Britain is careless about ageing. We don't know how to deal with the elderly in this country, do we? And he says we should learn from the example of California, where healthy living is a priority and men are not afraid of moisturising. A lot of men around this building are not afraid of moisturising. In fact, more people do it now. It isn't seen as that sort of naff thing that people do. People, you know, it's because if you work in London... And if you, you know, are out in the pollution, your skin gets very dry. I bet even Stig, I should imagine, has probably got... They always say if you've got more than six products in your bathroom, you're slightly suspect. Know what I'm saying? I reckon, you know, I've probably got about 120 products in the bathroom. If something new comes out, I'm willing to try it. You know, if they say this is a new Estee Lauder cream and this takes away... The... I'm, I'm going to try it. You have to. Because we're all trying to halt the ageing process, which sadly... Uh, fails many of us. I've only got to look at poor Nanny Pat in The Only Wears Essex to realise there's a woman who's really let herself go, together with the rest of the family. And if you want a cup of Earl Grey with Lady Edith, that'll be £4,500. Seems quite a lot of money, doesn't it? Listen, just about it for this morning. Now I've got my trainers on, I feel I could run for the country, which is all a bit exciting. I shan't be running anywhere, but I will be walking. Bit of rain around later, and don't forget we've got the boat race. Should I put a bet on? No, not really. I suppose, no, I'm not going to. I should be happy with the the Grand National first, second and third. Thank you very much indeed for all your texts and all your emails. I am back again tomorrow morning from 4am. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen again whenever and wherever you like through our new podcast service. Go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and download the app right now. Later on LBC, Larry Lamb is here, one of the names put forward for the taking over of Bruce Forsyth. He's here from 11. But next, it's Kay Burley and Stig Abel with your Sunday Morning Breakfast Show.